0: Well, it was written in the stars, wasn't it? You know, in my culture, we have a saying. They say, when something is written for you, the entire world can conspire against you. You can conspire against yourself. But what is written for you can't be taken away. And Cote d'Ivoire had this African Cup of Nations trophy written in their name. There's absolutely no doubt about it. They're the champions of the 34th edition of this African Cup of Nations. They're champions for the third time in their history. And who can say that they don't deserve it? <laughs> Maybe a few of you will. But overall, I believe over the seven matches that they put in, they are worthy winners of this African Cup of Nations. Welcome to the African Five Aside podcast. My name is Meher Mizahi. I'm your host. This podcast, as always, is brought to you by africasacountry.com. And we come to the end of an African Cup of Nations, match number 64 out of 64, as I like to say. Um... And you can only really find storylines like this in football and in the African Cup of Nations. Um, I just transport myself and as, as I'm watching the, the celebrations behind me on the television, I'm thinking back to that match against Equatorial Guinea. I watched it um, in a fan zone in Abidjan with a bunch of Ivorians and they were down 1-0. But I think they still felt very confident that they could... Maybe it was nil-nil at halftime, but they still felt very confident that they could win that match. And I left... And think in the 55th minute or in the 50th minute and i went down to the stadium Stad felix for a match i believe I forget which match it was maybe it was egypt or something and um, i remember just being in the taxi and he has the radio playing and hearing that ivory coast conceded a second and then a third and then by that time he dropped me off and i was walking to the stadium and the police officers who were checking, you know, supporters going into the stadium, searching them. His hearing that they conceded a fourth. And just the absolute state of shock and disbelief on everybody's faces. There's no way, if you told me there and then, that this team was going to end up being champions, that I would have believed you. But that's football. Um, That's football. And and the storylines, not just of the team, even the players. Sebastian Allaire in 2022, not even two years ago, diagnosed with testicular cancer now he scores the winning goal in the african cup of nations what must be going on you know in his head is, it's incredible um i don't even know if it's worth talking about the game too much um i think it was fairly easy to analyze the game in terms of team news it was exactly how we expected both sides to line up kodivar in their 433 nigeria in that Again, what I call a 5-2-3. Um, there were just two personnel decisions that I didn't think were going to be made. Odilon Kosunu comes back from suspension, and he's immediately slotted back into the starting lineup for Cote d'Ivoire. In the preview, I said maybe I prefer Willy Bully. I was wrong about that. Odilon Kosunu put in the match of his life, he was very, very good as a center half. Um, Nigeria made a change in that they put in Samuel Chukwueze instead of Moses Simon. And this one, I didn't anticipate... I didn't understand and I think many Nigerians didn't understand and they realized it was a mistake. And as early as I believe the 55th minute, um Chukwese was hooked off after a very very mediocre first half and Moses Simon was brought on and I thought he was uh, immediately better uh, than his teammate. But yeah, is there really much to talk about in this game? I mean, Côte d'Ivoire were better for almost the entirety of the match for almost 90 minutes. Um let's look at the the Statistics of the 90 minutes, 62% of 38 possession for Cote d'Ivoire, 18 total shots to five shots for Cote d'Ivoire, 1.6 XG for Cote d'Ivoire, 0.24 XG for Nigeria, eight shots on target for Cote d'Ivoire, one single shot on target for Nigeria, which was obviously the goal. There is no statistical category um, that Nigeria has the advantage over. Uh, against Cote d'Ivoire. No positive statistical categories. Um, so I, I don't really know what there is to talk about, you know. Um, the entire first half, the entire match, Simona Dingra and Sebastian Allaire caused problems. There was the first chance where Adingra cuts in, plays the quick cross in, Allaire slides, uh, he can't connect. Um, the, just so many chances. I thought Nigeria c- had. Two bright spots in the first half, and they both came on ca- counterattacks. The second one ends up leading to the goal. It's kind of like a counterattack, but not really. I think d'Ivoire have a throw-in. They throw it in. Allaire plays a very poor pass without looking. I think it's Lukman that intercepts. Uh, I forget who plays. I think it's Sanussi His cross is deflected out for a corner kick. And then Lukman plays a corner kick that I think is Jean-Michel Seri heads backwards for some reason. And Trustekonk Uh, meets it at the penalty spot and heads nigeria ahead and it was a goal that came against you know the run of play it was counter to the momentum um but that's also part of nigeria's identity right in this tournament the entire tournament we've been saying time and time again nigeria doesn't want the ball they're gonna sit back they're gonna hit you on the counter attack and as much as that's true nigeria throughout this tournament at least created chances The main difference in today's match and you know the rest of nigeria's matches especially earlier on in the tournament is that they were creating so many chances even though they were playing this brand of football but in the last match uh you could even say the last two matches well the last match in particular this one nigeria have been poor they haven't created too many chances so they had two counter attacks in the first half one of them leads to a goal off of a corner kick then they do a decent job for to close out the first half of moving their block up. Because that's one thing another thing I didn't like in today's performance. They weren't creating enough chances, but their block was too low. Uh, Ivory Coast were practically playing in Nigeria's half the entire time. But I thought right before half Nigeria did a good job of moving that block up, troubling Cote d'Ivoire a bit. And that gave me a little bit of confidence for them in the second half. But immediately in the second half. <laughs> Immediately, Cote d'Ivoire just played better, better, better. better. Simona Adingra, in particular, you know, um, if we can attribute Cote d'Ivoire's return in this tournament to anything, you can talk about coaching and Amrits Faye and the great job that he's done um, with this team in just, you know, two weeks, coming in as the head coach halfway through without the confidence of his uh, government or his federation. So, yeah, coaching is a big, big part of it. Uh, luck is a big part of it. But the biggest part of this turnaround, in my opinion, is the return to fitness of Simona Dinkra and Sebastian Allaire. Um Simona Dinkra and aller they really came back in the knockout stages and they were coming back as substitutes. They're the ones that catalyzed the the, the comeback against Senegal. They got Nicolas Pepe at the ball where he won the penalty kick. Uh, they're the ones that, Adingra got the equalizer versus Mali. Uh, Allaire hit the post. Allaire got the goal in the semifinal that got them to the final. And today, Simon Adingra has two assists, and Sebastian Allaire has the winning goal. Them two in particular. If they didn't come back for Cotivar, I don't think Cotivar wins this tournament. I'm, I'm damn sure of it, actually. Because Simon Adingra doesn't score that equalizer, they're losing to Mali. So, really, my hat's off to those two players. And I think even the former coach, jean louis Gasset, must be saying... I wish I had them. If I had them, it would have been a different story. But let's go back to the second half. Um, there were two things that surprised me um, in the second half. It, it, or disappointed me, I would even say, from Nigeria persp- Nigeria's perspective. Uh, number one, Ola Aina has been probably the best right back, or maybe one of the rest, best right backs, maybe alongside Kuliso Mudao of South Africa um, throughout this tournament. And he's been good defensively and offensively. And this tournament, especially in the second half, he got torched by Simona Dhingra time and time and time again. Um, so I expected and I wanted Aina to do better, but he disappointed me there. <laughs> so it's not like he owes me anything, but that's my personal observation. And the second point, and maybe the more decisive point, was throughout this tournament, you've been played very good defense. You've been playing very organized defense. and. To concede on a corner kick the way they did was very disappointing. Um, It looks like Nigeria is lining up in a zonal marking scheme, right? They put players every, let's say, two yards across the six-yard box. Boom, 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 boom. And the principles of a zone marking scheme, you're not really marking a man if they're at the top of the box. If somebody comes into your zone, you're supposed to meet the ball, right? Calvin Bassi is the last man in the zone marking scheme. And Frank Kessier is maybe two or three yards away from him. Logically, you're thinking, calvin that's Calvin Bassey's man. Zaidu Senussi is on the post. The ball comes in and it's very well hit by a dingra. It's like a line drive. You know, it's not a big looping cross. It's hit directly, like on a rope. And Kessier uh, is pretty much untouched. He's completely free. I think Bassey either misjudged the trajectory of the ball Thinking that it was gonna, co- because it was hit as a line drive, he has to come and meet it forward instead of backwards. Or he just completely forgot about or didn't see Frank Kessier. Because um, he just, instead of going backwards towards Frank Kessier, he goes forwards. Um, I forget which Ivorian player was in front of him. Um, and Zaidu Senussi realizes this, and in a panic, he rushes out to try and challenge Kessier. And I don't know if that was the right decision. Because I can understand what he's thinking, because he's thinking, oh, Bassi didn't see this ball. I need to go and make him uncomfortable. Maybe he's going to miss it. But at the same time, he abandons his post. I think he maybe would have been able to clear the ball off the post if he stayed on his post. So that kind of unorganized defending from the equalizing goal, I was very disappointed in. But then the winning goal <laughs> there's nothing you could do about it. I mean, you could defend better if you're Ola Aina, but. Simona Dingra, he can do that to many, many defenders. Um, this has been a coming out party for him, you know. Um, I, I, earlier in the tournament, people were talking about coming out party for Mohamed Kudus or Victor Osiman, and for me, those are already established superstars. For me, this was a coming out party for Simona Dingra. He is a brilliant player, and he gets past Aina, and he puts that cross in. And how many strikers do we know can finish like that? maybe Zlatan Ibrahimović, maybe Olivier Giroud, and Sebastian Allaire is one of them. You know, one of those where it's like, that ball is in no man's land, and he just sticks out a toe and puts the perfect amount of touch on it. And Cote d'Ivoire win 2-1. And and there was really 10 minutes to play, and I thought Nigeria, I mean, they were desperate. They threw on, you know, a bunch of uh, substitutes and tried to get an equalizing goal, but they. I was disappointed in... They couldn't even conjure up, you know, a decent goal-scoring opportunity in the final five to ten minutes. And that takes me to, you know, before, in the preview, we had three big questions. We talked about Sebastian Allaire in the air. We we specifically talked about him being isolated against fullbacks, and if Nigeria would be able to defend against that. They were able to defend against that. He didn't, he wasn't ever isolated against a fullback. He was always, usually, marked by Troostekong or Ajayi. But, in the air, Sebastian Allaire still won the most important duel and still scored a goal in the air off of a cross um, the second question we asked can Victor Osimhen trigger unforced errors from the Ivorian defense and here the answer is quite clearly no um, Victor Osimhen had his quietest game of the tournament it's not always his fault because he was isolated the referee was making some pretty biased and and poor calls I thought um, not in Osimhen's favor um, but victor Osimhen didn't trouble the nigerian the ivorian defense too much despite the fact that you know i thought like somebody like Kosunu who's very aggressive who's going to try to you know meet Osimhen's aggression i thought Osimhen's too clever and i thought he could make him pay for that but he didn't really have any big chances in this match um and the third question so we had well can nigeria neutralize alair in the air can Osimhen trigger unforced errors and the third question was will nigeria look fatigued remember we talked about how many nigerian players had more than 400 and 500 minutes in their legs. Uh, we talked about Coutte d'Ivoire, not, that not being the case for them. Look at, for example, the difference between Ola Aina and uh, Simona Dingra, how fresh Simona Dhingra seemed after he missed the entire group stages and didn't start even in the knockout stages. Think about um, I- Osiman. I know he, I think he picked up a knock in the second half when Seko Fofana landed on his ankle and he was limping. But. There, who looked fresh from Nigeria today? Maybe Sanusi. He was running a lot. He wasn't doing much good when he was running. But let's think. Let's see. Sanusi maybe. Maybe Onyeka. Simon. A little bit of Lookman. But other than that, everybody seemed gassed. Everybody seemed fatigued. So ultimately, I think those, those questions that we had prior to the match, they came up there and they ended up being very important. Let's make two final conclusions about these two teams so with nigeria and jose pissero um i don't know if they plan on on keeping him you know uh at the helm for the nigerian national team the thing with pissero and the style that he employed during the afcon when you win it's great but when you lose it looks especially bad because you're called negative you're called reactionary you're called uh you know all kinds of names um and so i i think I think the Nigerian meet is going to be very harsh with him. Um, but I think overall, he's done a great job in this tournament. I'm not just saying that cause, yeah, I don't, I don't know I was not know where I was going with that, but I'm just I think he's done a good job and he deserves to be extended. And if he isn't extended, his name's also doing the round like Hugo Bruce.